Well, hey, uh, if you don't know me, my name is Steven. I'm the college pastor here at First. I have missed y'all these last few weeks, but we have had some amazing conversations. I'm so glad we have a podcast um, because I found out last week that Ridgely called me baby boy to all y'all. And uh, that's on the podcast, Ridge. All right. So uh, I heard you. All right. And then Sam was doing some stuff that when you listen to the podcast, I'm like, I think that's a visual thing that Sam was doing. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, A lot of science. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got you. But a great conversation about God being all-knowing, all-powerful. I know Caleb spoke. So we've had a lot of speakers, and I'm just really grateful for all that have spoken. And tonight, um, I actually picked this attribute at the beginning of the semester. I said, I want to end with this one. I've been kind of reserving it. I didn't even know really what I would say. So it's been a little nerve-wracking, but I'm really excited tonight because all summer long we've been talking about the attributes of God, and tonight we're going to talk about the immutability of God. Can you say immutability? Does anyone even know what that means? Yes. I had to look it up. I was like, what is that? I mean, it sounds cool, so I'll just preach on it. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm probably going to like butcher it and like mispronounce it because I make up words. I tend to do that. Uh, But immutability, immutability, uh, not immunability, but immutability, uh, it means the unchanging nature of God. Unchanging is what immutability means. Tozer says it this way, to say that God is immutable is to say that he never all right, someone that's kind of moody and fickle and like I like, I was into rollerblading in ninth grade and not into that. Like to think of God as never changing. Mood doesn't change, never change. It's, it's such an amazing thought and it's so hard for us to even grasp and this is why. Because there is actually nothing else in creation like that. Everything that we see, everything that we know changes. All of it. And and if it doesn't change now, it will change because nothing except God is eternal. So even if we're like, well, the sun always rises, that never changes. Actually, one day it's going to go away. Actually, gravity's going to change. I think we're going to be like in heaven floating around. I don't know. But people are like trying to tell me the things that don't change. But I don't have to convince you of how much stuff changes. In fact, things are about to change. We just prayed over that, right? Some of you raise your hand. Your life's about to change. You're about to change cities. Some of us, we change seasons, right? We were in high school, now we're in college. We're in college, we're about to graduate, we don't know what to do. Like, always things are changing. The weather, I don't think the weather's changed for a while. It has been 128 degrees every day. Uh, I've been very consistent, but no, I, I joke about it. Like, it's changing, right? Tomorrow it will be different. Towns change, man. I can't believe I moved back here and they're like, yeah, we're doing away with the high schools. We're gonna do new ones now. I'm like, What's going on? I don't, uh, like, Rojo for life. I mean, I don't know what to do about this. We're changing schools. Uh, It's okay. Y'all can hate. All right. Uh, That's no problem. Um, Here's the other one, though, y'all. When I lived in Houston, uh, my wife and I had our date night restaurant. All right? We would go to Saltgrass. I'd order the same thing every time. I want the steak, and I want the coconut shrimp. It was surf and turf, but it was coconut shrimp. I love it, man. Love me some coconut shrimp. It's the only type of shrimp that my wife actually will eat. Uh, She doesn't like eating any other shrimp. She says it's like eating her little finger, and that was kind of weird, but I still eat it. Um, One day we walk in there, and they're like, menus change. We don't have that no more. We just took it off the menu. Y'all, menus change. Y'all know this. They do that limited time offer. The McRib goes away, y'all. 
No. <laughs> Y'all are with me till they make rib. They're like, no, no. But menus change, man. Styles change. I'm in style right now, guys. I don't know if y'all know. This is the fit we wear, all right? I was told, no, I have no style, and I don't care anymore because it changes too quickly. Uh, styles change, though. What you're wearing right now 20 years ago is, like, kind of dumb. What you're wearing right now 25 years ago was actually in. Uh, all right, yeah, like, it, it came back. So, so, but styles change, right? Haircuts change. Hair color. Everyone wants to dye their hair now these days. I don't know what's going on. Is that, is that just me? Y'all are like so quiet. Are we okay, everyone? Y'all tracking with me? Nothing changes in your world. <laughs> Status changes. Uh-oh, now we're, now we're getting somewhere. I was single. I'm not single no more. All right. Status change. Or I was dating somebody, but I'm single ready to mingle. Status change. Any, we're going to do raise No, we won't do raise hands on that. It's all good. All right, but your status is changing sometimes, all right? And then you get married and praise God, that part's over. Man, we're good, all right? But then our life changes because then a kid comes in and messes it all up. We had a good thing going for five years and then we had a kid and it was like, oh, no, I'm kidding. I love my children. They're amazing, but it changes things. And then my kid became 15. Y'all, I'm teaching Ellie how to drive right now. Things are changing. Like I am like... Y'all thought I had gray hair before? I mean, my, the gray hair is growing. But this is what's so amazing about God. Because even though you have a mood that will change from one second to the next, or you're into this and not into that anymore, or you have this friend group and then this friend group, all of a sudden in your friends anymore, and everything's always changing. And God's like, but me. I never change. I'm stable. I'm, I'm never changing. In fact, I think this is the crown jewel of God's attributes. And I need you to hang with me. He's like, in love and holiness? Yes, but think about this. Because I'm good at, like, like, I can love you for like a season. But there'll be days where I'm like, ooh, I love me more. I like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm present. I'm in. I'm all about what you're about. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of not anymore. Like, I, I like me. Like, I'm gracious with people and patient when I drive. Sometimes, rarely, actually, rarely. Uh, I, I can forgive some people. Like, I can keep it up, and I can do it some, but I can't do it all the time. Y'all, God, his heart for you, his love for you, his grace for you, it doesn't change. It wasn't, like, really strong before, but now you've kind of worn him out, and so it's like, wait, he's always loving you. It doesn't change. I can't even believe that. And so when I think about the unchanging nature of God, I, I, I kind of got lost in it this, this whole week thinking about it. Like I'd find myself just like going deeper and like, what does that really mean? Because I don't experience unchangeableness in anything else. Everything is always changing. In fact, in our life, the only thing that doesn't change is change, right? Like it's always happening. And so I don't want this just to be our hope. And man, I just hope God doesn't change. The reality is if God changes, he ceases to be God. And I'm going to get to that tonight. But I also want to know what the scriptures say, because I don't want to just hope that he changes. And it's our wish, like, man, I hope he's like unchanging. I hope he still loves me. I hope he does, that didn't change. I want to look at what the Bible says. Now, um, here's how we're going to do this tonight. We're going to get to a passage of scripture, but it's going to be a little later. Right now, I'm just going to give you a bunch of texts 
that speak to the unchangeableness of God. And then we're going to land on Hebrews 13 in just a second. So just hang with me. But let me give you a few that are the truth that God never changes. James 1.17. He is the father of lights with whom there is no variation. There is no shadow due to change. He doesn't turn. He doesn't change. He doesn't vary. He's the father of lights and every good and perfect gift comes from him. So good. Uh, Numbers 23, 19. God is not man that he would lie. He's not a son of man that he would change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Couldn't get more clear than Malachi 3, 6. Malachi 3, 6, probably like, I am God. I am the Lord. I do not change. I am the Lord, I do not change. That's pretty direct. But even the things that he wants, even his plans, they do not change. Psalm 33, 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to every generation. He's consistent. Generation after generation, his plan stands. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that stays, that stands Isaiah 14, 24, the Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, I am God. There is no one like me. We just said that. There's nothing in creation that doesn't change. Here's what he says. I am God. There's no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, the ancient times from the things that haven't even come, like that are not yet done, saying... My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I'll do everything I want to do. I'm going to continue. It will stand. And then finally, and this will be the text we kind of land on tonight, Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday He's the same today and he will be the same tomorrow and generations to come. He is unchanging. He's the eternal, immortal God, consistent, never changing. God is immutable. And if he isn't, then he ceases to be God. And here's how how we know that. And this is where the mind, I was like, this is a, so I'm gonna take you a little deeper. Well, think about this for a minute. And this is Charles Hodge, Systematic Theology, describing the unchangeableness of God. Here's what he says, and I'm gonna throw it on the screen. You can read it with me. He says this, Charles Hodge, here it is. God is absolutely immutable, that is unchanging, in his essence and in his attributes. His attributes do not change. All the ones we talked about this summer, his holiness, love, mercy, grace, goodness, it never changes. Here he goes. God can neither increase nor decrease. He's not subject to the process of development or self-evolution. God does not get better. He gets better in our perspective. We may know more of him, but he doesn't like grow. He's not like learning or evolving or getting to some, he is God. I am Yahweh. He just is. His knowledge and his power can never be greater or less. We've already talked about that the last few weeks. He doesn't get more powerful. He's all powerful. He doesn't learn or know more things. He knows it all. He doesn't grow in that. Y'all think about that. He doesn't ever get more powerful and he doesn't ever get less. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't weary. He doesn't forget things. He's always constantly all-knowing, 
all-powerful. He could never be wiser or holier. He could never be more righteous. He could never be more merciful than he has ever been and ever must be. He is no less immutable in his plans or his purposes. His plans and his purposes don't change. I'm gonna get to that in a second because it seems like in a few texts they do change. We'll get there. He is infinite in wisdom. There's no error in his conceptions, his ideas, his thoughts. There's no error. He is infinite in power. There can be no failure in their accomplishments. God's strength doesn't change. God's promises don't change. God's purposes don't change. He does not change his mind. But wait, wait, wait. But doesn't he though? Doesn't he change sometimes? Like, like if God doesn't change, why do we even pray? Can we change God? Can we change his mind? Didn't he just say his mind doesn't change or this one? Because this is what was wrecking me a little bit because I'm like, yes, I agree with that. That's awesome. But there's also Genesis 6. If you look at it, it says that God was sad or sorry that he created man. And so he sends the flood and wipes it out. Or in 1 Samuel with Saul, he says that he repented or changed his mind about Saul as king. So what do we do with that? Because he says in these scriptures, he doesn't change his mind over and over and over. His purpose stands. But then it seems like his, his plans change or people do stuff and then he does things. And so real quick, let me, let me help you understand this. This is kind of where I was deep diving this week. I need you to know what immutability is not, okay? First off, immutability is not immobility. Meaning, just because he doesn't change doesn't mean he doesn't move. Doesn't mean he doesn't change other things. Doesn't mean that he isn't the cause of so much change. But I can change things as God and not change myself. So God moves and he changes the outcomes of things and he moves things based on his will and his desire. And he is changing things, but he himself doesn't change. He can be immutable and still be mobile. Second to this, and this is what I want you to understand, immutability does not mean free from reaction. Now I need you to hang with me on this one for just a minute. I, I wanna explain this. Because all through scripture, and I still at this day as a pastor don't understand this fully. I don't understand it. But God responds to us. God responds to your prayers. Uh, there are multiple times in scripture where, where God responds to the prayers of his people and changes course. And God responds to people that, that are doing evil and tears them down. In fact, look at Jeremiah, it's 18, 7 through 10. Well, I'll have it on the screen. But Jeremiah 18, 7 through 10, look at this. It says this. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or kingdom that I will pluck them up and break them down and destroy them. So he's like, anytime I declare over a nation that I'm about to destroy it. But if, cause and effect, if that nation concerning which I've spoken turns from its evil, I will relent. I will change course of the disaster that I intended to do on them. And if at any time I declare a nation or a kingdom that I want to build up or I want to plant and they do evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent or change course of the good that I intended for them. What is this saying? 
is that our God in his holiness and justice, he does respond to man. So when you and I change, he responds. But here's what's amazing about it. Think about this. The fact that God responds is not that he changes. Actually, he's very consistent in his responses. Think about this. I will always do this. If you sin against me, you do not get to be in my presence. That's a response. I'm gonna cast you out of my presence and it's consistent. It's always gonna happen. And we'll get to the gospel in a minute. But, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will respond. And you know what? It's not just a one-time thing. He always does this. In fact, Prayer should be the thing from his immutability that we are so encouraged to do because we know that he responds to prayer. He always does. He never changes that. He's a God who responds to prayer. It should lead us. His his promises do not change. So here's the thing. The other day, y'all, it's summer. It's already 110. I want to grill. I don't even have to turn my grill on that much, right? So I'm grilling. And we get these coupons in the mail because we're old now. Like when you get old, you collect coupons. That's what they tell you when you're 40. Like now you got to have a coupon, but we're going to collect some coupons. We don't really do this. We mostly throw them away. Some of the Sam's ones we keep, pretty good deals. There was this United one. Now I love me some United. There's a new one right across from where we live. Yes. And they had a deal, y'all. $19.99 for three ribeye steaks. Come on. Y'all know how much beef costs right now. I was like, man, this is amazing. Now, we had been away. We'd been traveling. We came back in. I saw this coupon. I'm soaked. I'm like, we're grilling steak tonight, man. This is going to be awesome. No cereal today. Not really. I I go to that United, y'all. I grab the steaks. I ring it up. And the lady's like, "Mm, that coupon expired two days ago. Are you for real? Two days ago, that yeah, you could see we were just trying to get you in the door. Like, and I, I still love United, but you, you know how disappointed I was. Like, I was expecting something here. And they're like, no, nah, it expired. But, but hang with me, students. I think that we think of God this way sometimes. We read in the Bible that God did this or Jesus promised this. Yeah, but he promised that to the disciples. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. He says it over and over. John 14 I mean, he says it, John 14, verse 13. He says it again, John 14, verse 14. He says it again, John 15, verse 16. He says the same thing again in John 16, verse 24. And then he says it again in John 16, 26. I know that was really fast, but I just want you to catch that six times he says the same thing. If you will ask in my name, my father will do it. And we think that's expired. Well, that's, that's for the disciples, that promise is for them. You're not like that with us. And God's like, no, 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 I don't change. What was true for them is true for us. The same power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, it says, the Bible says, lives in us. The same Holy Spirit, not changing so it should move us to prayer. I read this quote, I need to move quick, but I, I, I do wanna give you this. A.C. Dixon, he said this, um, when we depend on different organizations, we get what the organization can do. If I depend on education, I'm gonna get what education can do. When I depend on other people, I can get what they do. But when I depend on prayer for my life, I get what God can do. 
God has set it up this way that you and I would rely on him and who he is in our life. That he is a God that is to be trusted. And the way that we know we trust him is, is how much are we praying? Honestly, if you're prayerless, that's, that's really a symbol that you're like, I don't need God. I got this and I'm just moving on in my life, figuring stuff out on my own. It's actually a, a sign of a lack of faith and trust in God. But our God is a God that can be relied upon. So now, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Hebrews 13. Y'all still gave me the woo even like 20 minutes into this deal. I appreciate that. Y'all my friends here. Okay, Hebrews 13. Some of these scriptures that I quoted earlier, it was like plucking it out of context. It's like, just here's a verse. And it's really important that we understand what's actually going on in Malachi when he says this, what's going on in Numbers when he says this. And I don't have time tonight to go through them all, but I do want to give you the context of Hebrews 13. I want to land here because this is the verse that says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now let's look at the context of it. Let's see what's going on and what the author's actually saying here because it's actually even better. Hebrews 13, I want to read verses five through nine. I I would love to read the whole thing, but we're just gonna, here we go. Verse five. The writer of Hebrews, we still don't know exactly who the writer is. He's encouraging the dispersed church, it's persecution, they're all over the place. And he's writing this letter to encourage them. And here's what he says to them. Hey, keep your life from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, now he's quoting scripture, that as Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's Joshua 1, verse 5. And then he quotes something else. So we can confidently say, Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? First off, real fast, if there's a verse to memorize, students, this one. Psalm 118, verse 6, or or Hebrews 13, verse 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is always with me. Men come and go. Authority comes and goes. Circumstances change. I don't have to be afraid because I'm standing on the anchor my cornerstone who does not move. And so what your opinion of is for me today, it's gonna probably change tomorrow, but I'm not moved by that because God's opinion of me doesn't change through Jesus. And so he's my helper. He has not forsaken me. I, I, I don't have to fear you. I don't have to fear circumstances. I don't have to fear any of this because God is stable. The Lord is my helper. He will never leave me. And then he kind of like makes a right turn out of nowhere. Verse seven. So remember your leaders. Like, wait, what? I thought we were talking about not caring about men and the Lord's my helper. But hey, verse seven, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. I'm gonna come back to that verse in just a second. I wanna read on. Because, here we go. Jesus is the same 
yesterday and today and forever. So do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Okay, what are we talking about here, right? Um, let, let, me, let me hone it in. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, we can imitate the faith of all who have gone before us. They believed in Christ's unchanging promises, those promises that still hold true today. And then he adds, and so Jesus is the same. The connection backwards is clear. Imitate their faith. What they trusted in, what they relied in is reliable. Keep yourself free from the love of money because you don't need it because it's going to change. You're going to die and who cares about the stuff you have? Who cares about the clothes you wear? Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. The disciples didn't own anything. Look at them. And yet they were wealthy. So spiritually what they had everything. You can be content because you have everything you need in an unchanging God. Don't run after this stuff where moth and thief destroy. You remember this, this, this word from Jesus. Don't chase money because you, you, you get stuff and it rusts and it changes or someone steals it. Don't get money where, where you're holding on to a piece of paper and then the stock market changes. In fact, even if you just have money right now, it's not even worth as much as it was a week ago. Man, when I was your age, dude, if I got paid $8 an hour, I'm like, dude, owning it. You guys would like, not even back your $8 an hour, what are we... You know, that's like nothing, right? Like y'all are like making, I remember we started, we got into the babysitting world and I mean, we used to pay our babysitters like five bucks. They're like, oh, it's 15 an hour now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, what? How much? But that's normal for you, right? And you know what's funny? 20 years from now, $15 an hour ain't gonna be nothing. You can't live on that because even the value of money is always changing. Don't run after the stuff of this world. It's always changing. I gotta move on. But that's what he's getting at. If Christ could be trusted back then, he can be trusted today. You see, here's what's yesterday. Yesterday shows us historically what Jesus was like, who is the exact imprint of God. So it shows us what God is like. We look back and we see the God of the Bible, specifically through the image of his son, and we know what he's like, his nature, his attributes. We know what grieves him. We know what wows him. There's two places in scripture where Jesus is like, amazed by people. Do you know why? He was amazed or astonished. It said that Jesus, this is God, marveled or was like taken back by someone's faith. God still is like that. When you, when you, when you trust him, when it's going counterculture to what everyone else is doing, you're like, man, I'm giving stuff away. I'm trusting you. I'm going this path when everyone else says go to another path. And God is in heaven going like, that's it. I love this. And we see that in Jesus and we can know what God is like because we can look back. We know what pleases him and what he's about. We know what he wants and what interests him and, we can and how he responds to sin, how he responds to faith, how he responds to the woman caught in adultery. We know that that's what God's heart is, that he wants to restore and redeem and rescue. And it doesn't change, right? How good is that? So today... 
Because Jesus is the same yesterday as he is today, today we relate to him in the here and now. We talk to him knowing who he's been. This is why the writer mentions observing the teachers before us. We learn from them that God hasn't changed. We can see the outcome of their faith. And we know with reliability that we can trust Jesus. It's worth it. And then forever. This is the real beauty of Jesus. How amazing that it never changes. It's never going to wear out. It's never... He's never going to get tired of you. He's never going to stop loving you. He's never going to stop pursuing you and wanting you near him. Now we change, and he responds to that. And the way he responded to all of us, because he's always been a God of justice, and he's always been a God of mercy and grace, and it intersects in this beautiful way because his plan from the beginning of time that no one could change was that he would come in the form of humanity. And he would lay down his life because he's never stopped loving you. He's never stopped loving you. Yes, he has to respond to our sin. He has to respond to what we've done. He responded to Saul. He responded in the days of Noah. But it was always from the same consistent heart to redeem you and rescue you and free you from the sin that you run after. To free you from the change because you're prone to wander. And he wants to bring you back and say, I'm still here and I'm stable and faithful. And the arms that were open to you last week when you cried out to me are the arms that are open today. They were the arms that were open to you when you were 15 and when you were 12. And I have not changed. And so, you and I cannot know Christ today without understanding who he was yesterday. You can't know Jesus in the today without knowing who he was yesterday. So we look back to know him now. But not only that, we cannot trust him tomorrow without believing that he is who he is today and yesterday, right? And so it's all about trust and that's what I wanna land on tonight. And I'm gonna ask the band to come up because Here's what I want us to understand. Why does this all matter? I mean, it's amazing that God doesn't change. But really at the heart of it, why does this matter? It matters because it's all about a relationship. And the foundation of every relationship, you and my relationship, your relationship to your status, you know, whoever they are, your relationship to your parents, your relationship to your friends, it's all built on this bedrock, this foundation of trust. Every healthy relationship is built on trust. Without trust, you got nothing. That's why lying is such a, it's such a relation shatter, relationship shattering thing. And that's why, that's why Satan is the father of lies. Oh man, how it breaks relationships to come in and deceive and to change and to lie. And when you can't trust someone, and some of you this has happened to you, someone's betrayed you or they've lied, it is so hard to get that thing back. But it can be, but here is where I'm going with this. God's immutability means that we can trust him. And here's, here's the un understanding of this. This goes to psychology, but it's biblical. The reason that someone is trustworthy is because of three things. There are three things that make you and I or God trustworthy. That person has to be predictable. 
Now, I don't mean that we predict like what they're gonna do, but you know like the person that it could be the same thing happened today that it did yesterday, but they react completely differently and you don't know how to take them. You don't know how they're gonna react and you're walking on eggshells and maybe you have a parent that does this, maybe you have a friend that does this. Like, they're so unpredictable. I don't know how they're gonna respond and react. So I can't trust them because I don't know if this, this news or this thing that happens is gonna set them off or they're gonna be happy. I can't even tell. So I can't trust it. A relationship, that person has to be predictable. Like, this is how I am. This is, this is what I like. This is what I do. This is what I don't like, predictably. I'm terrible at this. I'm like so unpredictable. My wife's still trying to figure me out. I'm like, oh, I don't like that anymore. You know, she's like, you did yesterday. I, I don't know. But think about God. He's predictable. And he's predictable not in what he's going to do. He's predictable in his nature. He's always gracious and merciful and slow to anger and quick to love, forgiving. That's who he is. It doesn't change. And so I can trust him because he's predictable in that. He's also dependable. A relationship for me to trust you and for you to trust me, I gotta be dependable. Here's what that means. When I need you, you're there. But if I, I can't count on you, then I can't trust you because I, I needed you here and you weren't there. And so the trust lowers. But whenever there's a, a relationship where you needed someone and they're like, yep, I'm on my way. Doesn't that do something to your relationship? You're like, man, I'm calling Justin Jackson again. He was there for me, you know? He has been there for me. I'm calling that friend again because I needed something and they were there. They were dependable. And then third, I think it's all, did we put it all on the screen for you? There you go. Reliable. So not just that you're there when I need you, but you're there, like I can always count on you that you're gonna do what you say you're gonna do. Now, as humans, all of us aren't perfect at this, right? Like we all struggle with this in different ways. I know I do, but God doesn't. And so the reason that immutability matters is that he is a God more than any other thing in your life that you can trust. You can trust him. So the question is, why don't you trust him? Why do you trust you so much more than him? Why do you trust what you want to do, your plans, what you're going to figure out? I know the Bible says this, but I'm going to do it a different way. Why don't you trust him? No, I'm going to have this kind of relationship with my girlfriend. I know it doesn't say, I'm not supposed to do that in the Bible, but that's old-fashioned. Things have changed. No, no, no. God wired you for certain things, and that hasn't changed no matter what the culture says. There's specific principles. You know, the Bible has never changed. We didn't like add to it. We didn't get to 2022 and go, you know what? This is a little outdated. Let's change some scriptures. This has never changed. You know how many religious thought? We were just in Utah. You know how many times the Book of Mormon has changed? Man, it's just like whatever the new prophet says. You talk about unpredictable. You talk about something you cannot trust. And I'm not trying to get into religion. I'm just saying, look at the Bible. I mean, we found the Dead Sea Scrolls 2,000 years after they were written, roughly, and the words are the same. Like, think about that. In 2,000 years, it didn't change. God can be trusted. 
And because he can be trusted, how good is that? Malachi 3, 6, I do not change. His purpose doesn't change. His word doesn't change. His character doesn't change. His heart for me doesn't change. His ability to forgive and free me doesn't change. His power hasn't changed. His goodness isn't changing. His mind hasn't changed. His love hasn't changed. And this is such good news, but you know what? You know what's the best news even out of that? There's one other truth. What's so good about that is actually that you and I can change and need to change. And God has made it so that you and I don't have to sit in sin and live in that, that he has given us the ability through the power of his spirit, through the gospel of Jesus to come alive in him and to be changed, y'all to be forgiven, to struggle with that sin over and over and over and actually through the power of the Spirit be freed from it, cleansed. We get to change. We need to change. I need it to be winter. Can I get an amen? Like I need that season to change. You and I get to change. God doesn't need to change. He's perfect and beautiful and glorious, but I need to change. I can repent, it's not too late. I can say no to the world and pursue Jesus tonight even though I've kind of, kind of gone on my own way. I can come back. I can change course. I can come back to trusting him over all my friends' opinions. I'm moody, but I, I could change. I'm in a bad mood. Lord, would you change that? Would you change me? Would you transform me? Because that's the beauty of the gospel. Not only that God doesn't change, but that he gives us the ability to change. So tonight, I kind of want us to respond to that truth. And there's two ways really to respond. One is just to be in awe of that truth and just worship him for who he is and always will be and always was. And the next way to respond is to change to repent of some things. Maybe God's got something on your heart and you know it, and that's got to change in my life. And I've tried to change it. I'm not very good at changing it. And so, so maybe it's just crying out for the Lord to change you. You know, the word repent, it, it literally means to change your mind, to change, to change course. And so some of us tonight, our response is to trust him enough to repent of some things. Repent of the way we're living in certain ways, how we're treating certain people, how we're worshiping ourselves and pursuing all these idols, this stuff. And we can look back to the giants of our, of our faith and imitate them because Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. 